Hello. And welcome to Triple B. Today we will be eating a chicken dumpling soup. And we will be discussing The Binding by Bridget Collins. I'm Jenny Lynn. And I'm Katie Futrell. We are the, the Book Bunch, Bunch and we're doing brunch. typical disclaimers um we're discussing a book so there will be spoilers also we like to recognize that we are you know we're just biased because we're people we don't always know what we're biased about so that'll come up feel free to let us know and we do adult content um whether it's in the book or in our discussion we will swear we will talk about adult stuff so if you don't want that in your headset don't leave us on (laughs) (laughs) yeah there are a couple of pretty pretty dark, heavy, heavy themes and things that happen in, in this book. So it, it deals with, at certain times, it deals with, with rape and sexual abuse and killing of animals, which is a bad thing for me, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Futrell will cry at this <laughs> So if that is a major trigger for you, if that's going to bum you out too much, uh, please find another wonderful podcast to listen to. Yep. Or meet us back next week or next month or you know. But yeah, I don't think I don't think the next couple have have those in them specifically. They'll have other things to traumatize you though, so don't, don't worry. worry. That doesn't <laughs> go away. We just we really like to deal with trauma. So, the binding by Bridget Collins. Uh, we like to start cover or summary. Cover. Cover. All because right. cover would come first. Looking at it, mm-hmm. and this book kind of in a way has a tall order as far as covers go it is called the binding and books obviously take a very central role in the story itself and not just books but how they're designed and put together and bound and all the intricate beautiful ways you can design books so it kind of has a taller order than than a normal cover um we did decide that the cover fell a little flat for us and part of that was our fault we didn't go and buy like you know, we bought the soft cover books, like, we didn't get the nice hard cover with the special editions and all that stuff, so that's, you know, half on us because we're cheap. Um, <laughs> thrifty. We're thrifty. Oh, we, we, we just spend No, that. we're cheap. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we buy enough books that when we buy a book for a lot of money, not that, I don't even know how much, anyway, the cover. <laughs> so, we got the paperback. Um, we were pretty... I remember we talked about how the colors are our high school. Yeah, colors, I laughed. Which was I was kind of fun. just rereading that in my notes, and there was just a whole period of my life where it's always been purple. This one is purple and gold, which mm-hmm. was our high school colors. But my elementary school was purple. My college was purple. So I've never really been able to get away from purple. What was I? Elementary was blue and white. High school was purple and gold, and college all different shades of like red it was like either maroon Maroon, or like my graduate school switched once I was halfway through so they went from like this shade of red to red and blue I hated their color changes (laughs) I'm not a fan of primary like distinctually primary colors like the the first set of crayons you ever get primary colors I don't like that that's true and I would say in this book's 
the cover's defense, at least it's not that boom purple that our high school was. It was as royal purple as you can possibly get. <laughs> or this is a little bit more faded. There's a lot of flower. It kind of does patterns like of flowers a, and leaves. and A little bit of like a filigree impression. Filigree. There's a key on there, which turns out to be very important in the book. I always love when, you know, the book actually brings meaning to <laughs> the cover and stuff like that. The rest of the book, not so much, though. The cover like that doesn't really tie into the rest like it's the key and then like the cover is fairly pretty but we were talking earlier about how we feel and we just watched a documentary last night about books and like mm, bindings yeah. and like we were so happy about it and mesmerized <laughs> that it kind of loses its luster the more and more we come into the modern age because every book i think we have read so far is kind of outsourcing their covers to like other stuff like this cover the design was obviously by harper collins which who published it but they just kind of take stock photos and they'll tell you who the stock photos belong to on the back and that kind of loses it for me i want a book to have its own like specifically made cover like especially for it like very baroque specific piece book. of art design yeah. really for because that's what book is that's what a cover is it's art and especially regardless. this book because that's a whole especially central book, part of this book is that the and it's discussed oh. in such detail, the... With such love. Like, the author and practiced that. The author knows that. So I feel like... Obviously that... knows what she's talking about. Has, and I have to imagine first-hand experience doing it or does. watching someone do it very closely. So... But, you know... I mean, there's not... I'm pretty sure that's more on the publisher's side. I'm sure the author didn't get yeah, as much I of a say in that as... But it's a fine cover. I think about covers for the books that I write a lot. And I guess it would be maybe something closer to this. I know I wouldn't want people featured on my books. Certainly not actual pictures of people. I hate that. I hate do you remember that. the one you made me do? Yes, I do. That was a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. But I do like things that are a little bit more subtle. I would say that this is subtle. I like that it's not overtly clear what it's about. I mean, it's a fine cover, but... It's good. It's it, better than the last one, The Writers and Lovers. That was bad. I didn't even understand what they were all going for. Yeah, that's why this color. one's better. Mm. It at least kind of ties into it. I didn't... I don't know, whatever. Mm. Alright. But anyway, fine cover. I don't think maybe quite... Not hit, great, not bad. Hit the mark that it, it had almost set up for that itself. we bought the book. I mean, we do buy books by cover. Let's not deny that. Yes. So. so enough interest to buy it. It ties in, but could be improved in. a lot because of what the book's about. It just about. sets a very high standard for itself. I just expected maybe a richer color. Richer color is just wow. Mm -hmm. So summary. Let's roll that dice and see what we get. Summary. Two. Two that. is alternating words. So you go, I go. Um, well, this is a... We haven't done this one yet. That's true. This is a hard one. Okay. Uh, so it'll be as concise as possible. Uh, start to finish. Farm. Damn it. <laughs> Apprenticeship. Bindy. Binder. Recovered memories. I put those together. That's not fair. <laughs> we didn't say it had to be a single word. Summer. Yep. Romance. Forbidden. Loss. No. Just tragedy. I'm going to say tragedy. Yeah. Potential. That's kind of where I end up. Just yeah. Healing. Don't you want to read this book? <laughs> but there are a lot of fun, you know, like, what words don't you want to, like, forbidden? Romance? What, like, come on. What, what more do you want in life? I don't know. I think we did good for the first time doing that summer. <laughs> that was good. I honestly thought, like, we do, like, I thought we'd go back and read, like, the binding was a Oh, hell no. <laughs> Be a whole fucking podcast with you. Futral tends to be a elaborate speaker, and I tend to be a concise speaker. I have a lot of words inside of me. <laughs> But sometimes I feel like half this podcast is me just like looking at you. 
Lucky you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we kind of set up not a question interview, but you have like our organization. We do, and I do think as wonderful as our summary was, we do need to establish what binding is because that's going to carry all of our major themes. It's going to come down to our questions and they need to understand what binding is. If you haven't read it, obviously, if you've read it, I hope you know what it means. If not, go read it. I'm hoping it'd be, I think, more enjoyable. So binding. Beautiful concept of putting a book together. And in this book, it specifically has to do with this sort of magic. um, Like, we know books are magic, but in this book, books are legit magically bound memories and in a lot of ways kind of at the beginning especially it's more dealing with that wow this is amazing like magical kind of books are wonderful and then you realize there's really a sinister side to it Mm-hmm. People are being robbed of their memories. People are being attacked and traumatized and having those as memories the... removed to commit crimes and do all these terrible things. As with any skill, you can use it for good or for bad. It's all on the person. And the main concept is, as a person, once your memories are extracted, a book exists that has your name on it. Mm-hmm. So anybody could go and read things about you. and Except for you. You could read it, well, you but could, you wouldn't remember but you it. might, yeah. So once those memories are pulled out, you don't remember them anymore. At least not in their full sense. There does seem to be a... Which is kind of a fun... Because, like, there are some forms of trauma, like, where you legit, like, right. dissociate and you don't remember that, like, stuff. And then if that book with your name on it is destroyed, those memories are restored to you. So that's kind of just a main... Kind of like The Giver. Very much like The Giver. I thought of that many times. I even wrote down, because at some point, I can't remember which character it's bad about Hazel Eyes, because that was such a big deal oh, yeah, in The yeah. Giver. And yeah. it mentioned Hazel Eyes in here. I was like, oh, I don't oh, think yeah. that's a coincidence, which is fine. I, when we I, could probably do an entire, like, just episode on eyes and books. <laughs> so just, that's just a very important concept to... To do grasp if you're gonna understand this story. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things we like to do in our discussion is to talk about the thing we liked the most and the thing we liked the least. So I'm gonna start with you, the thing that you liked the best, and then when we switch to the least, I will go first. All right. The thing I liked the most was how the author, like they invented like this new form of magic, right, for the book, and then also took it a step further into the ethical dilemma of the magic, which I don't think gets addressed in a lot of books. And so she has two disparate characters um, who happen to be a mentor and a mentee, and one has this make profit concept and doesn't care who gets hurt, and the other has this doing the binding for the person to try and help the person and giving great care to the craft versus the mass production aspect that the other person takes to it. I liked that the main character Emmett got to see both sides and had to figure out what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. Very nice. I definitely agree and it kind of goes back to what you're saying at the beginning how it's first presented and this happens in a lot of stories just presented as more of a innocent really interesting fascinating thing and then of course you realize just how monstrous you become when (laughs) people start exploiting it and doing horrible things so I definitely liked and it started off you know one way and just you really get to see how diametrically opposed those two things are so I agree with that sorry diametrically opposed I just think Hamilton (laughs) You just want to go into it? Yeah. (laughs) So I would say my favorite thing about this 
is I found it to be very balanced writing, which is something that I personally struggle with. I write a lot of modern day thing, you know, things that take place in our world. They don't have these kind of magical concepts, so I don't always feel like it needs a lot of descriptive explanations of how things look and feel for the most part. So I feel like my writing is usually very dialogue heavy because that's a strength of mine and I enjoy it but sometimes it's just it just feels very lopsided where I feel like this one it had a lot of character development it had the dialogue and then it just had these great passages of description and I think it's really important when you're dealing with this overarching theme of memories to make things feel very present make it feel very atmospheric to bring in your reader to feel all of that because then you really feel and then what's being taken really away nicely yeah yeah so you could the writing style enhance the way that you felt when you read yes i would agree with that it's just it was just very beautiful writing i didn't feel like any of it was overdone or like oh like, my god stop describing like, i get it i didn't yeah. feel that which is hard to do for you it is because i'm usually like, okay, let's let's get to the story. Let's let's get this guy moving. And it started slow, in my opinion, with Emmett's kind of training, and he's being trained in basically absolute isolation, except for his mentor, Serdith. And so it's just them in in this house out on this bog or swamp or something like that. And yeah. so it's just very descriptions of nature and the changing seasons and the fire and the cold and i remember just kind of i wrote down it just felt very like quarantine like i remember this, you know we've been doing this quarantine thing for the <laughs> most part for over a year now and just kind of the same way seeing the the seasons pass and stuff like that and it was just very it's an atmosphere you, you feel it around you you can really feel the writing and I found it to be just very balanced and I thought the characters were, for the most part, very compelling. I think, you know, they only had so much necessarily to do because they just had so much going on in the story. Mm -hmm. And the romance between the, the two main characters is really the main thing going on. And I thought that was handled very well. So just overall for me, just very balanced right which is tough it's tough for me so i'm impressed by people who can do it well and she did least favorite least favorite i would say and it kind of piggybacks a little bit off of one of your favorite things so i like the idea of this kind of new magic idea i just didn't feel like i learned enough about how binding how the actual spell and thing works because they kind of set it up so a person who is going to be bound and have taken a memory or series of memories see they don't re don't really explain how they pick you know how much memory they're taking away like I'd like to know how you work that out and so you sit together in a room you have the binder and you have the person who is being bound there's paper blank paper in the room as well they kind of sit near each other they touch and then it kind of just happens I understand it's it's magic it's not real there's not an actual explanation that the lore. exists yes I want a little bit more lore I just uh is there something you have to say is there is there a spell is there I, I'd just love to know how you can kind of pick out how do you figure out what you're pulling out and I wonder like when she was writing it if that was a deliberate decision because the character like, that's not part of the character's, like, you know, thing. Like, it's the love. Right. The it doesn't the hurt the story by any means. It doesn't hurt. You're just curious. Just with how descriptive everything else was, I was True. just, I envisioned a little bit more of that. And I just feel like when you're coming up with this concept, 
maybe even if you don't put it in the book and maybe she's got it all worked out in her head it's just I, I wonder because if you do have it all worked out in your head why would you do, you do that with your books though like when you're writing if I had a concept like this I would but just like a regular because in this character's world that is normal life like would you explain how computers came to be if no computer, character use a computer but my readers know like that's not the whole idea of this story the whole like hook of this story is this idea so I guess I just I could have used a little bit more and then I would say the other thing that just kind of stood out to me a little bit because there's so many things about this book that I wrote a bunch of notes. It just reminds me so much of, of Dickens in a lot of ways. He was a very atmospheric writer. There's a lot of, I wouldn't say the two main characters are particularly eccentric, but there's a lot of other characters that remind me a lot of Dickens, just like eccentric characters. Didn't one have a name? Didn't one, oh yes. Um, so Emmett's love, Lucian Darnay is his last name, and Charles Darnay is a pivotal character in Tale of Two Cities. Again, I don't think it's a coincidence. And just the way that she describes weather and, you know, bad things happening in the winter, pleasant things happening in the summer. And Dickens obviously is not the only one who's done that, but he very much did that. And he always had a way of just weaving in a little bit of humor, especially when you need it, because he deals with a lot of dark stuff going on. And this book deals with a lot of dark stuff. I'm not saying like, I need to be laughing my head off, but just a little bit of like, I could have used a chuckle here and there. <laughs> So I would say those are my two, and those are those are small. Those are small. I, the good definitely outweighs the bad. Yeah, I also really like how the the gaslighting that was beautiful. <laughs> that, that that made me giggle, but not because it was funny, just <laughs> because, because satisfying. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I see what you're doing. Thanks, I appreciate it. Those were two. So I guess we can get into major themes. So one of the questions that I thought about a lot and basically since I figured out what binding meant and we do this I think in just about every one of our podcasts where somehow Harry Potter comes up but it was a very change. It was a very, you know, important text for us growing up. We were definitely yeah. those kids where it was hitting right at the right age or we were the same age and grew up with it. So it was just a very I even had the summer birthdays and it was year to year. Yeah. Influential text for us. So it was just it's part of our childhood, so it's tough to get away from. But in Harry Potter there's a spell that can wipe people's memories in kind of a similar way, but they don't necessarily get stored anywhere. And yep. there's a concept of spells that are called the unforgivable curses, ones that like land you in jail for your whole life. I'm sorry if people, most of you probably know this already, but you might, some out there might not. I would be impressed if any of our listeners hadn't read or know Harry <laughs> Potter in some shape or form. The question that followed me throughout this whole book is, are you pro-binding? Because there's characters that have traumas that have been repeatedly enacted on them, and then they've had those memories removed. Are you pro even in that regard where it might save you from mm -hmm. those kind of things? In general, no. And I did see a lot of parallels between like binding and therapy and how people cope with their like traumas and stuff and there's definitely more ethical bindings but I think in all the only time I'd be okay with it if it existed in real life would be the end of life binding where you just put my memories into a book like before I pass kind of like a last rites thing if you're catholic mm, yeah see that's the other part of the magic I want to like how does it if you <laughs> if you're a good writer in real life will your book be better written when it pulls your memories out or will it you know <laughs> does that play like, does the book get told, like, 
from, from the you? binder's perspective or the person's right. perspective? Right. Is it a weird combination of both? Is it like you're looking down on this person doing the things or it's like, I did that, this happened to me. This. Does a really good binder get to make that choice? Is that like part of the apprenticeship? See, you this out? stuff that I feel like maybe we should have covered <laughs> in the book <laughs> would have been, I, I just think that would have been fascinating. So I would definitely say that I am not, not pro-binding in in any sense. And it seems like the book itself is not either. Yeah. Even when... I mean, Sarah does it only when she feels like the person doesn't have another option. There was a situation that, that came to Sarah where a, a woman had been raped. raped by her father and became pregnant and had the baby and couldn't cope and killed the baby. And so... Listen, I'm pretty sure she killed the baby. I think so. That was my impression. I don't think they actually said... Okay, then... We both inferred the same so, thing then. Yeah. And went to Sarah to have that trauma removed, and Sarah did it. But once it's completed, they do really describe... It doesn't seem like the people are necessarily at peace afterwards. Or feel, it just mm-hmm. seems like they're empty, you know? It's so like kind of related it to some, like, drug use, right? Like, yeah. you, you'll use it to forget, to not feel, to... Right, and that was one of the other main themes or even questions that came up in my mind again. Like, is it better to feel just this, like, unspeakable grief or nothing? And as a therapist, yes, you should feel. Obviously, some emotions are difficult. All emotions have a purpose. Some are really difficult to handle, but it doesn't get better if you don't. So, like, there's a reason we have them. Like, obviously, like, that felt bad because you were raped and you killed a baby, but because you don't know it anymore, how can you, like, adapt it all? Like, it could just all happen over again. But then you get into, like, that one character where it literally does happen over and over again and she doesn't have a choice. Right. Because when you think about it, so this is a situation, so it's Lucian Darnay's father, right? It's his father. Lucian's the kid. Right. Yeah. And it is his father. So his father is repeatedly raping his servants and then wiping their memories. And then doing it. And then doing it again. So I'm wondering, now that we've been, so this weekend we've been watching just a lot of old time, like old timey, like (laughs) Victorian age, like French golden age, like just back to the watching things. What did we watch? Versailles. Versailles and and the the Duchess. Duchess. Yeah. So I just kind of feel like I've been in this headspace a lot about thinking about, you know, men, they, they just get away with things. And obviously the servants have basically... I'm wondering why he was even wiping her memory. Like, why, what does he He get? enjoyed, like, repeating that pain to her. The first time pain. And because oh, he would he would change it. what he did. Because <laughs> like, oh, it sounds true. like sometimes he would be like, he would act the villain, and other times he would, like, woo her. Mm. And then he wanted to be able to read those stories. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, jeez, I forgot and about that part. erase them and then basically start over. Yeah. That's, that's horrific. And once again, kind of, <laughs> Dickens had this way of, not all characters, but lots of them were just, you just have these unspeakable villains. You usually have your, your heroes and just like these like really pieces of shit. And mm-hmm. this guy obviously absolutely was. Mm-hmm. And he even does it to his son. That's right. So his son has, so he's, I mean, the kids, like he is a wealthy son. So it sounded like he has some general playboyness going on and that's all forgiven until he does it with a guy. So like he did something where he got sent away and that's where he met his like love and then everyone's memories get erased and everything gets fucked up. And it was interesting. One of the other things, um, sorry, I'm backtracking. We kind of always do this. It's just, this is how memories, right? You know, triggers things. One of the other favorite things about this book for me was how it was formatted. So it starts off with Emma getting... There are five parts, right? There are five parts, yes. 
So it starts off with Emmett getting his apprenticeship, getting trained, but we don't realize that he's already been bound and had memories taken away. Mm-hmm. We discover with the characters that right. the memories have been taken. He discovers a book that has his name on it, and then it flashes back, and I love how it does it. So many flashbacks are in shows, books, they like preface it, like, oh, he like remembers, like, you know it's a flash. When you start part two... For a second, you're very disoriented, like... Just like the character movie. Just like the character movie, because it's going back to the summer where he meets Darnay, and they fall in love, and... It's like when you... So, you know, like, the powerful, like, the smell and memory thing? Yes. It's like that, but, like, you know, like, a hundredfold. Like, sometimes you smell something, you're just instantly there. Yeah. But this is a memory you never knew you had, and it's, like, way more intense. Yeah. It was just so cool how they played with the timeline because that's how it would work in your head Mm -hmm. and having all those things come rushing back and probably especially with the love their love was very intense like just having that all come back was just I love the way that was done and at the beginning since Emmett hasn't been biting doesn't he's very innocent at the at the beginning and Mm -hmm. Darnay kind of has all this like knowledge and then swagger later on They kind of like switch their roles because Emmett knows what's going on and Darnay's been bad like kind of it's just and that less have left us open to the question of like, well, what if there are more memories that they don't know that have been taken? And that was kind of, that was another like question or theme that I thought, like, I mean, I don't know how you could possibly, I couldn't resist, but if you found a book, if you knew this concept and you found a book with your name on it, you gotta read it, right? You have to read it? Or do you just leave it there? And it's not if you read it, it's do you burn it? Do you, well, do you read it, see what it's about, and then decide whether or not you want to burn it? Or do you burn it? I think if you read it, you don't. You still don't remember it. But you could be like, wow, this is like a terrible thing that I went through. Maybe you don't, you know, really remember it. And then you can be like, maybe I'm not going to burn this because I don't want to remember it. Or, But we just talked about how it's probably better to, better to, remember to, to work through it than be... They just really were kind of described more just like something had really been taken from. Like an empty... Empty shells. Kind of shell and I don't... Well, in that part, like, we kind of play, we discussed, like, the are you still you without the memories, because there was this interesting play between Darnay and Lucian that even when they didn't remember that they had been lovers, there still seemed to be this, like, awkward pull towards each other. Right, which kind of, you know, which is a theme in a lot, just the power of their love, the, yeah. it stretched beyond that that kind of magic. They always had this this bond, whether or not they knew it in their heads, which is beautiful mm-hmm. i also liked the ending of the book where it's i kind of almost prefer books that you know certainly have a resolution and i feel like this one definitely did but leave it a little bit yeah vague. like you're just seeing like the piece of the world and there's you know there's still more there versus like it's not like a cliffhanger like there is of resolution yeah but it's you know you don't know for sure it seems like they're gonna they've sorted through enough of their problems that they can go off and be together but it's not necessarily like you don't know for sure or not for sure i mean they have to leave their old lives behind they don't have a job per se i mean he can bind but doesn't really have a place to do it no he's very emmett is very resourceful yeah. like, he can live off the land and True, he's stuff. a farmer he's a farmer his last name that is, farmer. is his name is farmer he's but that's, farmer. You know, that's how that's how surnames yeah are supposed to be they show you a profession and this one certainly did especially so. for the time of like because it does seem like a an au for like our world a bit yeah just like in like that kind of seemed like the before the witch hunts kind of era yeah so one of the other things that i don't know if it's 
I don't know if I'm confused. I guess I just have a question as far as so because they make a big deal about making these books beautiful, and we talked about you know just all the different types of covers and you know, like inlays. You know, have gold and like these precious stones and things on these books. It's like if the main purpose is just to like capture people's memories, and for the most part, a lot of people are just so they can have a one up on people and use it against them as necessary. Why do they have to make them so beautiful? Just because it's another. They don't though. Only Sarah does. Well, like, at least the the binders of um, that work for the dad and the horrible, like, they're not, not beautiful. They're just, like, not, a, they're not necessarily. No, they're not. Elaborate. They sound like they're, like, the cheapest version that you could do. For, like, the servants, but it didn't sound like Lucian's books were crappy. Well, that's just narcissism. Hmm. Yeah. Like, for, like, that was part of the pleasure he drew from it was, like, haha, look at this thing that I have. Yeah. Look at this thing just that I did. It it's over. a trophy. Yeah. I think we touched on most of the main themes and um, questions that I had. I think one of the things that we kind of just, we didn't go into is the connection between memories and souls. Like, because that was kind of part of like my feeling of why Sarah did hers so beautifully is because to her that was like part of the person. And it was like, do you remember reading The Host? Yes. So you know that concept of like the creature, like when it's not in the mm-hmm. body, how fragile it is and how you have to mm-hmm. can't handle it? Right. That's the feeling I got of like what those books would mean to me if I held one. Hmm. This precious, fragile thing that should be cared for and honored. Yeah. It would have been interesting. It's helpless. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I agree. I guess I always wondered, as far as, you know, because Emmett is, uh, do you have to have been, do you think you have to have been bound before to become a binder? No. For sure? No? I think they, I think they kind of touched on it. Because that's, we that, that's one of the ways you know, but there are other ways of knowing that you're a binder. Okay. I think. What do you think makes someone better suited then? What do you think? That's one thing. Like, like do you think you, we, like, as a, you know, if there's someone who understands people, that makes you <laughs> automatic. Like, you'd think maybe it would be something along those lines. You would think so. I don't know. Can empathy be used badly? Can empathy be used badly? I mean, that's the whole understanding, people. I don't think so. I don't think. Not just empathy in itself, I don't think it would be used bad, badly. That'd be an interesting concept, though. A villain that uses empathy, like, for evil. But if they're feeling empathy... But just because you understand well, how I someone know. else feels doesn't mean you care. Right, but you'd have to attach it to some other action or verb or something. It's not the empathy itself. It could make you a better villain. You just have to, you know... Well, that'd be, that'd be it could make that'd you be a better... Concept. Well, it could make you, like... Obviously, the more you understand someone, the easier, like the better you would be at Isn't torturing them. Book or movie that talks about like learning, having to learn to like love your enemy because like that's what you have to do to like end them or something. Oh my god, where is that from? Probably, but I want to say Doctor Who. I know you should. I know. <laughs> We'd have so much more to talk about. <laughs> we're really lacking in that department. Oh, you know. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's tough to think of it. I mean, yeah. You know where people's pressure points are. Like, from what we understand, it's not genetic. I mean, I can... Binding. Yeah, I, I mean, I his parents are binders, out. and... Like, it, it seemed like he was kind of... It seemed like people were surprised that he was a, you know... Yeah. So there had to be some kind of thing that told you that made him be out of the normal. Yeah. Or if it's, like, literally anyone can, but some people have a really strong skill, I guess, that it... Yeah. I would like maybe maybe a little bit more explanation of that as yeah, well. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. Other than that, I think we're down to whether or not we we recommend this book. Unless you've got 
other question and then we nailed all of mine already. Sometimes it's fun to read my notes because I don't know what they mean. Perfect. What does it say? We'll try to figure it out. Um, somehow it went from too soon to too late without the right moment in between. That, that's a quote from it, I think. Is that what it is? I think so. Maybe that's your favorite quote or favorite line. It's on page 227. It sounds like something from the book. Let's find out. Two <laughs> Sounds like it. Yep. Oh, here it is. He didn't give me the time to answer before I had time to not be leave him. He'd left the stream and was halfway across the next field. His feet slipping in the mud, his clothes already soaked and dripping. Maybe I should have followed him, but somehow it went from too soon to too late without the right moment in between. Aw. That's nice. It is a good line. Mm-hmm. All of the... I thought their romance was very nicely done. I, there was just a lot of good lines in there. There was one, I think, there was one of my favorites. Something like, I didn't know happiness could be that simple or something like that. It was mm-hmm. just very, very nice. There's one thing I did have in here that we didn't touch on was like other things that it relates to. I mean, you talked about Harry Potter and we talked about the giver, but I also had um, so the magicians and the trickster god and how Julia like <laughs> specifically chose to get rid of her memory and didn't choose to get it back. Yeah. Not. And then I also had this question is, if you do it too much, can it cause like Alzheimer's or something along those lines? Ooh, interesting. I mean, it did kind of seem, considering how people, especially the, the woman at Sarah, I guess I'm guessing that was her first time. Just it's kind, of, like, yeah. kind of the state that she left in. And then, so Nell is the girl that the father rapes and it happens again. I mean, she seemed much more, like it does seem like it, it takes a toll. Chips away your soul. It chips away. Yeah, I think so. Because you're taking, yeah, pieces away. And I don't think, I don't even know if Sarah would do it more than once with someone. It would take a lot for her to do it more than once. Yeah. It'd be a very extreme measure, I think, for her. Because to do it the first time alone, she, make, she like, she basically was like, is there any other way? Yeah. What else could you do? What else could we do? And I'm sure it probably does it with more care. See, I also think that probably just the attitude that the binder goes in with because the concept you know it isn't really explained you're just sitting there together if you're there with the idea that you're trying to help them and heal them not just i need to do this because i've been ordered to do it and mm-hmm. it probably makes a big i would think it would make a big difference yeah and we see that dilemma with emmett yeah when he goes to take the first memory he he doesn't think he can and then he accidentally does. it just kind of happens <laughs> And he's like, oh, wow, that was, that was it, huh? <laughs> that was all it took. I feel interesting. It did end up in his handwriting. That's Remember? true. That's true. It did. But still, yeah, I, I love that question of whose perspective would it be from then. But that doesn't mean it's his perspective. No, it does not. It does not. But the I would imagine it would have to, I think if it's coming out of your head, I don't know, I guess how well, do you... Well, I kind of got the impression that part two was the book. So, what perspective is it in? We shouldn't have been there. It's from his perspective. So, it's at least probably, I think, written in the perspective of the person's memories, but I would imagine would have characteristics and overtones of the binder. Yeah. The thing that I think about so much, so I wouldn't say that I have a bad memory, but I just, I feel like the same way that people always describe really, really vivid dreams, and I don't have that. I usually... If I have a vivid dream, I will wake up with a vague sense that I ha- I'll know that I have one, but I can't. People will be like, I had this dream, and this happened, and this happened. I, I can't relate to that. I feel like I don't have, and maybe this is because I have not experienced such a, maybe if I had a horrible, horrible trauma, it would be like, but I feel like my memories are just not that vivid. Like, I don't know, like, I feel like maybe my book would suck, because it'd be like, I don't know, 
hope I have enough life details to make this sound good. <laughs> oh, so that'd be, it'd be very interesting. I don't know. Do you have like vivid, I mean, I know people have told stories enough times. I've seen mm-hmm. certain home videos enough times where I feel like that has affected like things I remember more, but just in my own head, I don't know how much exists. <laughs> Sometimes I'll remember dreams from like years ago. See that? boggles my mind. How do you know it was from years ago? Because I know I had the one in middle school. So you you remembered? It was a dream series. Oh my god. <laughs> See? I want to know, am I the only one who does this? There's something, I have like an issue then. There's something I told you, start writing it down first thing in the morning. Just literally anything but I remember. But it's not. Even if it's just a feeling. <sighs> I bet you would start remembering more. I guess. I suppose. Do you journal ever? No, I'm, see, I journal. I'm boring. I don't like writing about me. I mean, but see, any book you write, if it's there, it, it's all a self-portrait. It's all you. It doesn't, you don't have to be right. I did this today to Do be writing see. about you. So we've been playing The Room and I had a weird dream that combined like The Room and who knows what was going on during my day. Well, explain what it is. I mean, it's you kind talk. of a, a puzzle game and you described it. I didn't, I've never done an escape room before, but it's kind of an escape room. But obviously since it's a computer, you know, there's, there's more things they can do and right. uh, you go into different rooms and there, there are, you know, boxes and technology and certain things they have to open up and put together and find clues and pieces. And this leads to this and that leads to that. But all told in just a very cool atmosphere and concept. Like we're doing one now where there's like really cool, like, it's an observatory, and um, there's a part, there's the part with the cool, like, bird cage, and it's like a castle, and it's we library, love. like, there's all just very cool rooms, and... We love a bird in a bird cage. <laughs> it's very gothic, it's very, it's very exciting. Uh, so it's a very fun game, so... so Where are we going with this? This is the dream I had. Like, I literally <laughs> started oh. writing... <laughs> Plotline. <laughs> so the title right now is TBD, and it's a fantasy story to keep me occupied based on dreams that I've had. Based on dreams. So is this the series? Or no, this is, this one... is a reason oh, why it came from the... So it, did it take place inside the game? Was I there? There was concepts... <laughs> you know how, like, in the game, things go, like, and they were like, whoosh, Yeah. You know, into, like, this other dimension. It had that mm, stuff going on. Mm. That's how I knew the game was involved. And then it, like, took place in other... Like, it took place in... My parents' basement and a Victorian house and sewers and like this whole thing. Oh, apparently, something happened specifically on page four seventy five of the book. Like four seventy five of what book? In my dream. What? Well, let's look at page four seventy five in the bindy and see what happened there. <laughs> Is there even four hundred pages in this one? Oh crap! No, we're a couple short. I knew there was at least four hundred, but it ends at four thirty five. <laughs> yeah, like like. I don't know how you don't remember your dreams. I don't. I mean, like, sometimes... Like, I remember things like this specifically. That's bonkers. I feel like I'm being robbed. I don't know why that is. I mean, it could be... I mean, you are. Like, it, it's really... People have talked about it for, like, a really long time. Like, I woken up... Like I said, I know if it was a bad dream. Like, I know if I'm, like, freaked out. Sometimes I wake up freaked out. I don't know why I'm freaked out, but something happened <laughs> that freaked me. Sometimes I'll know, like, oh, I think this person was in it. I don't remember what they did what they said, why they were there, but I'm like... One of my favorite person dreams, and I'll talk about this with Melissa and Caitlin, is when, like, you have this dream, and you, like, there's a person in the dream, and you distinctly know who the person is, but upon waking, you remember what they looked like in your dream, and they did not look like that person, and you're like, how did I know that that was that person, because they looked like someone else, or someone I didn't know. I don't know. (laughs) And we're always confused when there's someone in our dreams that we don't know who they are, 
because sometimes there will be a person that like we cannot figure it out we're like I don't know who this was supposed to be like there's no one in my life remotely like this like <laughs> like it's usually someone you know or a celebrity or something <laughs> and then sometimes it was a random person in your dream and that's when we think someone's just like you know sharing a dream with us I mean just, it like, could be other people's dreams. <laughs> I sleep really poorly I mean that probably doesn't help I'm up a lot. I wonder if you never get like. I have a problem falling asleep, staying asleep, all of the above. So maybe that plays a part. I feel like I've been having more vivid dreams as of late, but I I don't remember them. I just know they happened. And yeah, now I'm starting to think my my binding it would suck. Yours would be good and mine would suck. Yours has already started and mine is not. (laughs) (laughs) Mine would suck. Okay. Do we rec- would you recommend this book? Ooh, our new rating system. Oh. Are we, what well, are we, out of five, five, what? Five I'm emojis finished. of any kind. Five emojis of any kind. Up okay. to five. Might not need five. Mm. I'm gonna do. Bowls of mashed potatoes. Five of them? Uh, I don't know. Five. I would say four. Do you like gravy on your mashed potatoes? I do. I can go either way. So I'd say we'll do four, three with gravy, one without. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> So we rate this book uh, three mashed potatoes with gravy and one without. One without. Excellent. For those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, we decided that we don't rate with stars. We rate with emojis. Or just whenever I say like, because I don't yeah. know. I don't know if there's a bowl of mashed potatoes emojis. That I'm not. I mean, if there isn't, there could I be. I don't know things about <laughs> many emojis. Our emojis in our made up head in our world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I also must be craving mashed potatoes. <laughs> so if... Uh, Bowls of mashed potatoes relates to you. This book is for you. If not, this book is still for you. That could be. Maybe this podcast isn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> so we will take a break and we're going to go chat with uh, my brother in law, Ryan, who wonderfully decided that he would like to edit for us because my skills are not so great and help us set up our food segment. And then we'll be back and we will make our memory soup. Oh, it's so hot. I can't believe we're making soup. I'm so hot. I mean, we could pretend we did make it once. This is our second recording of this episode. because No, we... it's not. We're perfect every time. Don't listen. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. Yes, this is the second recording. <laughs> so now we are going to walk you through our soup, which I think we decided to name Senses Soup or something along those lines. We're coming up savory with Savory Senses Soup. I remember memory pop soup, which maybe, maybe this is from one of my dreams. No, no it's not, but. I do remember memory being in it. Something. But it was, we did do an alliteration, so memory, or maybe we just wanted it to be an alliteration and memory soup memory was magic. better. Memory magic soup. That's not what it was, but. Memory minestrone. Aw, <laughs> cute. If only it but was it a don't, it's not a mystery. So this so. is a dumpling. So dumplings are basically flour. Salt and baking powder, and you throw it in water to cook it all together. I don't think there's any eggs. No. <laughs> You're the authority. You need to tell me. <laughs> if I need to go get eggs, you need to tell me right we now. We bought eggs. We haven't I know. used any of this. They yet. might not have eggs. <laughs> they might not have eggs. So, ingredients for this soup are flour, salt, baking powder, our flavorings, our chili powder, onion powder, Italian seasoning, or like Seriously, whatever you want. Um, paprika and chopped onions. And then in the soup, we're going to put in some chicken. We just got one of those like pre-roasted rotisserie chickens because we're lazy today. Because they're there and they smell nice in the store. That's how you do. And then you can like what whatever else you want to add into it. So the main point of the soup is 
the dumpling. So we chose this because of the memory aspect and how much like smells, yeah. fragrance, and the way that at least they describe. We talked about how my memories are not necessarily this way, but the way that you talk about memories and the way that the book talks about it, they can be so rich and so vibrant. And the point of this is. Certainly not all of these seasons. They're not going into the same dumpling. The no. idea is that we're going to have several dumplings in this soup and then each, each dumpling. Flavor. Right. Kind of like a, like a memory, that, that one kind of thing that sparks all these different mm-hmm. kinds of feelings and sensations. And then like just like the book, when you eat into it, you should be... We had that, that overwhelmed sense, right? So we are, again, we're not necessarily going always for enjoyment with the foods that we're making. We're going for a reflection of the book. Um, we happen to like these dumplings, but we didn't know that going in when we tried it the first right. time. So we were just going for that concept that like we were going to do a lot of seasoning because when he opened or when they burned the book and they got the memory back, it like overwhelmed you. It was overpowering. Not necessarily in a bad way, but it, was, it wasn't subtle. Right, exactly, which is why these dumplings are packed with, with, the, with these flavors. And we also thought soup in general was a nice idea. Based, you know, they, you know Emmett comforting. Farmer is a, he, he was a simple, he's a simple guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a farmer and this is something that he potentially, at least soup wise, would have made. He wouldn't have made them with all these different flavors, but probably would have made soup. Right. And at least would have been, like, it's a comfort thing. It's a simple thing. The book is really good at doing simple things beautifully. I love that. That's yeah. a great way of phrasing it. So back to our dumplings. We got our water on the stove. Um, so we'll chop up. We got our pre-chopped chicken here and we'll dump that in. Um, another thing you can do if, you, if you're if you vegetarian, you don't do chicken, um, you can just use some vegetable stock instead and put in your favorite veggies. That's totally fine. The soup isn't the point. The dumplings are, so... <laughs> Both are. They're both are. But the, dumpl- the dumplings, are the, dumplings are, the are the stars. Are the stars. Here. As far as dumplings go, so you mix all this stuff together. What would you say is the optimal size of a dumpling? <laughs> Depends on the person. So if you're talking to Ben, he likes them bigger. Um, turns out I think we do too. Uh, they will basically like, no matter how small you try and make them, they will be larger than you think they are. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what the ratio is, but they, what, like, triple in size? I swear we did them small when we did this the first time around. Because, and I feel like when I've seen, now, personally, give me a bigger dumpling, because what else do you, it's dough, it's dough, and I love bread Mm -hmm. and dough and all those kinds of things. Give me a carb. But when I have dumplings and soups at, you know, restaurants, they're usually, I feel like, more often than not, they're small, and I wonder why that would be. If you get canned, they're tiny. They're so Part of it is, like, the bigger you go, the harder it is to know if the center is cooked. Okay. Um, so, like, smaller is pretty even. When I do them, we did, like, a spoonful. And we did, like, college tablespoonful. <laughs> like, there <laughs> like wasn't, that. like, a true measuring at all. That's going to be something great that y'all will find out as you cook with me, that uh, I measure in approximations and by gut. <laughs> Which is really bad for me because <laughs> I need explicit instructions. You need to tell me exactly how much. That's how my mom is, too. Oh, She'll ask me, like, oh, what'd you put in this? And I'm like, oh, this stuff. She's like, do you have a recipe? I'm like, no. Up here? It's up here. It changes every time. I don't know. All right. Okay. So we will, we, I got some kind of measurements. I'll tell you what I'm doing as I go. But this is just, this isn't actually a recipe. This is just what I'm doing. So we're going to put in a bunch of flour. And... We're going to start with two cups. We're going to mix that together with a pinch of salt. Yes, a pinch of salt is actually a measurement, believe it or not. But, like, how much is it? 
No, I know. People say it. Literally a pinch. You yeah, take but your people have different. I have monster hands, and you have smaller hands. Yeah, so my pinch. The is surface be... area between your fingers is probably the same. Okay. <laughs> like, there's not a significant <laughs> enough difference for that to matter. So maybe a pinch is a pinch. It's a pinch. A pinch of salt, and then we'll do a teaspoon of baking powder. And you'll mix those all together. Mix them nice and good with whatever you want. You can use your fingers, a spoon, a fork. Only if your fingers are clean, please. They're getting cooked. Any bacteria will go away. If you're giving it to me, clean your fingers. <laughs> you're gonna find out. I'm I'm one of those. She is. Wait. Sorry, I just remembered our discussion about. Oh no. <laughs> Not the thing that you want to talk about while cooking. You guys <laughs> use your imaginations and figure out what we were talking about. <laughs> Tell us your thoughts. <laughs> Leave us a comment. We'll DM you if you're right. <laughs> Alright, so we got all this mixed together. And now comes the little fun part. So I got this in a just a regular size bowl. And then I'm going to take like just your like, you know, normal like kitchen soup bowl that you'd eat out of as my mixing bowl to make these because they're all going to have a different seasoning so we can't mix them all in a bowl together. So I just take literally like a giant scoop here out of it and put it in the other bowl. And then we're... I forgot the water. Water's helpful. You're going to need water. You're going to need water. I don't know anything and I know you need water. <laughs> so you add water before you <laughs> backtrack. <laughs> Dumb people like me are trying to make these, and they're gonna be like, "What the, f what the fuck is happening?" It's like when you used to watch, like, remember, like the cooking shows when you like literally had like write it down on TV. You can like go on like Food Network and like look up the recipe and yeah. like write it down as it went. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So drizzle in a little water mix. Drizzle in a little water mix, and you want it um, tacky. I guess is the best. That's a good term. descriptive. I I would even I would know what that meant. Yeah. So we're going for tacky here. Tacky tacky, and our water's starting to boil, which is excellent. Um, because we cheated and we did the pre-cooked stuff and we added in the chicken broth, we won't have to cook it as long. Those of you going from scratch and not using chicken broth, let this keep boiling until you get like a flavor that you like before you add your dumplings, because once you add your dumplings, that's it. You, you don't overcook dumplings and they just fall apart. You just got like really thick soup and mush. Ew. <laughs> Alright, so now that we have tacky, we are going to take a giant scoop into another bowl. And in this bowl, I'm going to add as much of this seasoning as you want. This is where you get to play. Um, so, Futral here really, really loves garlic bread. So, and we are doing garlic in general. So, I, we are doing a lot of garlic here to it's, start. It's a lot of garlic. And I like this because, once again, back to our memories, some things are vivid for certain people, some things aren't. I like that you can. Put in as much seasoning as you. It's it's like a memory, and yes, garlic, garlic is, all the way. Garlic is an all timer for me. So for Futrell, we are going for a whole tablespoon of garlic. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you have like fresh, go for it. Mince it yourself. We are using powdered generic <laughs> garlic powder. Well, we are at my house. We let's are. Be honest. We know that we slowly get more and more good stuff at your house. And I just it's, it true. it's true. It's true. By the time we're done, you're everyone like who visits me is like, "Wow, you have a lot of spices. And you must like cook a lot." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's not true. And we'll mix that up, nice and good. And here's where we're gonna try and go decently fast so that they all kind of cook at the same speed. So we're gonna mix it up. 
take this scoop. Um, feel free to ground it if you want to the best of your ability, but it is a dumpling. Do you remember what we looked up where the word came from? Do you remember? I don't. It had something to do with it. It had something. Didn't mean like drop or something. Yeah, I I, I think you nailed it. I want to say it was drop. But the word's pretty literal from what. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, it certainly is. So you're gonna take that thing. You don't have to shape it, and you literally just kind of drop it in. To your in, soup. Informal definition: a small fat person. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember seeing that one before. <laughs> Maybe it's because that TV show came out. Or movies? Was it a movie? Dumpling? I think it was a show. I didn't watch it, but I want to say it was a show. So we're going to do that with each of the, the five seasonings. Again, I'm going for a fairly large dumpling here. We like it. Um, I'm going to do different amounts with the different seasonings because I know that like a full tablespoon of chili powder is just going to like burn our mouth. But yeah, if that's what you like, if you love chili powder, do it. Do the tablespoon. If you don't, maybe a teaspoon is better. Um, I'm not doing less than a teaspoon because I do want strong flavors. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Measure. It's true, but I would agree that if for me, at least garlic, like I really like chili powder. I like spicy foods, mm -hmm. but the more chili powder you put in something doesn't necessarily make it taste like true. garlic. I feel like the more that goes in, the better I like it. <laughs> we also learn, Ben and I, so careful when you're buying your chili powder. I don't know how it took me so long to realize. So chili powder is not literally just like powder of chili peppers. It is oftentimes like seasoning mix for chili, which is actually what we have here. Would you read the ingredients to our lovely audience? So my chili powder is not just powdered chili. Organic ground chilies, organic paprika, salts, organic spices, organic garlic. That's it. So it's like the starter mix for chili. So when you're buying, if you actually want straight up chili powder, make sure you like look at the ingredients because it will not always just be as advertised, which I always thought was the case with seasonings. Like, like we have Italian seasoning, that's a thing. So I feel like this should be like chili seasoning, not chili powder. Interesting. I feel like this is labeled wrong. <sighs> Tell them. Let's go to, let's go back to Sundex and tell them to get their shit together. <laughs> um, dumpling, etymology, it's a folk word. Apparently it's a Norfolk dialect of uncertain origin, but basically means dump or lump. Alright. So. Which is very literal. Right. It's a lump that you dump. There it is. Alright, so we're going to the last one here. I'm doing my onion finally. Um, this is, the onion's kind of fun because we have the chopped onion bits. It's an onion powder, so it'll have a little bit of a different texture, which will give us variety. a little bit more of that memory for variety. Yeah. Just like anybody, it goes. And we're just gonna let these go. Um, so one of the ways you know that dumplings are done is they expand. Um, you're also gonna notice that they are floating, so they kind of like will sink down at the start, but as the those bubbles inside like expand, they float more. Like how um, fast, so is it like right when they float or like how much? A few minutes. Okay. Yeah. Once they start floating. Especially if you're minutes. doing like us and they're big, you're going to want them to cook and make sure they're cooked well. Um, did I ever talk, do you know why you want to make sure that like flour is cooked well? It'll taste gross otherwise. No. Flour is actually one of the sources of salmonella. Delicious. 
just what I always wanted. Pretty sure it's Domino. How is that? Why? So the <laughs> grain, Why is like that? the the grain. <laughs> Percy dripped. Well. So like vegetables or not vegetables. The grain has like just natural bacteria on it, so that's how you get sourdough, right? Yeah. Right. 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 I know that. But it could also have bad stuff on it too. Okay. Um, so that like when you're doing cookie dough, it's not just the eggs. If you're doing raw cookie dough, that's a problem. It's the flour, which is why I when you get that. like store bought cookie dough, they've actually like baked their flour. Why don't they tell they people it? that? They always say it's just the eggs. That's what everybody says. That's what everybody this thinks. Cookie dough propaganda. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons that like if you make your own batch of cookie dough, it's less likely to have a problem because big batches, right? If you have one bad egg. Versus the chances of your small batch, one bad egg. Okay. Right, right. So, of note, make sure you get edible cookie dough or you do it at home. And if you're doing it at home, you don't actually need the egg. You just need to cook the flour. That's true. Or risk it like I do. <laughs> I mean, you know. Sometimes. Live on the edge. Yeah. I love cookie dough. It's been a long time since I've had cookie dough. Like I've had cookie dough. Can we talk about how cookie dough and ice cream, like the bits, is just super Ugh. disappointing? We, but like, to have a good ice cream with anything in it, it, it has to be at least 50-50. It's really hard, because even like brownie bits are disappointing. M&M's get too hard. I would say Oreo is probably the best, because it disperses it does. more. I agree. I think that's one of the reasons, like, the Ben & Jerry's does so well. Because they have, like, they have a lot of stuff, or they have, like, the core one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I'm buying their product. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, so good. Oh, okay. When it comes to ice creams, what are you? Are you an ice cream, saucer, custard? I mean, I ice cream, I think, is my number one. Like a cold stone. Mm -hmm. If we're going out for ice cream, I think that's my number one. Mm -hmm. I like... I like custard. I like Culver's. But see, the problem is with Culver's, like, I only want, like, two bites and I'm out. It's really rich and very it, filling. Like, it's too much. Whereas, yeah, like, an ice cream, at least, I can get a scoop and, like, eat the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Also, gelato, delicious. I don't know that I've had gelato. I I have, haven't been most places, but I have been to Italy and had gelato there, and it's very, very good. <laughs> we have gelato places uh, right here in, in our town, so we I should go there sometime. I don't think my side of the state has that. Which, so that's very good. I guess, I mean, like, oh, I don't have I anything mean. against Froyo or anything, like, down the line. But I do like the me. Froyo bars. Those are it, It's wonderful. down the line. Like, ice cream for me is yeah. number one. Do you agree? So, yeah, so, it's between soft serve and custard for me. I, I it's the it's the the silkiness of soft serve and custard. I actually I like. like it to have a little bit more firmness to it. I like it to hold up a little bit more. Mm. Custard fall custard falls apart really. It has two hits against it, which work against each other. You have to eat it fast, which I don't want to do because I only <laughs> want a couple bites because it falls apart pretty quickly. I've noticed, and I don't know why it is. I swear, chocolate custard from Culver's melts slower. Then this is a theory. vanilla. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know why, but we I could put it to the test. I swear when I get the chocolate, it just it doesn't go as fast. Science. I wonder why that could possibly be. <laughs> we should start an experiment. Experiments. Give it a Next go. time. Next time. 
once we read a, a book that has some kind of Any. basis in science or they do experiments or something, no. we should do it. Maybe if we get one that's like, has the feeling of like a, a rich dessert, we can give it a try. Yeah. Alright, so now we got our floating dumplings here. So we'll go ahead and turn it off. Very nice. It's a really quick thing to make. Which I personally really enjoy. I just don't necessarily have the patience to, to cook things that take a long time. Because right. usually when I start to cook, that means that I'm hungry, which is a mistake. It's true. Because, you know, I'm like, I'm hungry. Let's do something. Let's make something. And then if it's going to take an hour and a half, that's too long. And I'm like, I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, we did cheat here. I'm not browning the chicken. We're not making the stock. But it's still homemade. What constitutes is homemade? Anything made in your home? <laughs> Anything that DoorDash did not deliver? What's that show? Semi-homemade. I don't know what that is. No? Maybe I just know so. Semi-Homemade was a show on Food Network. I can't believe I don't know it then. But the host actually went to UWL. Nice! Mm -hmm. They did an exciting. episode in town. I got to be on it. Wait, you were on it? Yeah. Wait, can we watch this? I don't know what the name of the episode was, but because I was in the color guard, like, we had like the band yes. in the background for one of like the shots or something. Okay, well, we have our mission for the evening now. <laughs> Find this. Find your television debut. Don't know if you can actually see me. I was never able to find the episode. But it's got to be like homecoming or something. Because that's what Home, I, yeah. What was it called? Because I was her alma mater. Oh, yeah. yeah. Semi-homemade. Semi-homemade. Homecoming. Right. Homecoming episode. It's got to be something like that. <laughs> yeah, they went to, I know they went to Rudy's in town. It's fun. And then she does like semi-homemade so it's like stuff like this where you have like yeah you got some box stuff but you are like cooking it you're not just like popping it in the oven from the freezer right. all right you ready to try this sure all right so we can kind of tell what flavors are what because you know colors i see the garlic one go for it i got it it's mine and it's mine it's big <laughs> and i like it beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Really garlicky. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I hit my garlic threshold for once. No. No, it's good. Not possible. Not possible. <laughs> this is not it. This is not the garlic threshold. It is it is powerful though. I can really smell I smell it a lot more than I normally do. And I have severe allergies in the spring, so the fact that I'm smelling it as much as I am means there's a lot of garlic. <laughs> we did it. I mean this dumpling's probably half garlic power. <laughs> it's good. I liked it. I liked it. I was into it. Alright. Do we want to risk one of the red ones? So we got so the paprika the chili or, or chili? the paprika. Like I feel like I know what chili would taste. I'm not even entirely sure what a whole of paprika would taste like. Alright. I don't know which one's which. Let's make we'll guess. I don't know. Alright, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm scared. You go first. Okay. You tell me which one you have, then I'll... Just... I think it's the paprika. Uh-huh. I do like paprika, but... Chili powder. Going in. Paprika. This one's smaller than the last one. It's good. <laughs> Not bad. Mm. I'm glad I didn't put, like, a, a ton in. Yeah. It's, yeah. Chili powder. I taste it. Yeah. It's hot. It's hot, but not like bad. Does it bring back memories of like chili in the winter? We talked about. It. I don't have memories. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a lot of chili in, in my my like parents like really bland food. They still to this day like we didn't have anything. I think that's a product spicy of and stuff. And then like when I discovered spicy stuff later on, like now I just love it because I, I just couldn't believe. Seasonings in general. 
they didn't season like our taco meat. Like I didn't even know. You said like it was just ground beef, cheese, lettuce, tomatoes. Like sometimes some. Like I didn't even know that taco meat was supposed to taste different for a while. And then the first time, and granted, the first time I had, I didn't like. You know, anytime you try it for the first time, you don't like it. But now it's imagine having. Plain ground. That's what you give. That's what I would give to Percy. <laughs> you can do that with like any food. Yeah. So I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Gastropod, and they went over like a whole thing about like people, how people learn to like what they like, and <laughs> how it relates to like literally like all the way back to like what you eat in the womb, what ages it's great to like give kids like multiple foods, so they like like it when they get older, how you can mm. teach yourself to like stuff slowly. It's like exposure therapy, but with food, you just try it, have a little it's every day, and eventually like love idea. it. So if you're trying to eat something, whether it's to like eat healthy, or maybe you're dating someone that has a cuisine outside of your normality, just eat it a little every day. Yeah. Eventually you'll like it. You will. Eventually you'll love it. Spicy. Eventually. <laughs> now like, I know sriracha's not overly, but like I put sriracha on everything <laughs> i'm still not a huge sriracha fan. i can't believe that i like it it's so good i, feel I love like... <laughs> so many other seasonings better i feel like it goes with everything see i'm a frank's red hat or the truff one that we got last weekend last month when i was at Virginia. what did we put that i don't remember did we, we didn't actually it? put it no we just brought it home see for i didn't try it and we've been putting it it has like that earthiness because it has truffles sure. which are like a mushroom so they've got like that going on it and that tastes Really good. What did we put it on last? Oh, I can't remember. Is it spicy though? Yeah, okay. but it's got a good balance of flavors, and mm-hmm. I think he really likes the other one. We always like what ghost pepper one. Ooh, nice. He likes that one too, but I think we're good. All right, Italian seasoning. What's left? That's it. Is that all that's left? An onion. An onion. So that one's I can Italian tell. Seasoning. I'll take the Italian one because I feel the paprika was the worst one last time. Right. I feel like onion will be better, so I'll take the Italian one. Those two were as expected. Yeah. 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 It's not, like, see, once again, I feel like this whole video is just, um, gar- I feel like garlic, you can eat it by itself. Like, not, it's not by itself, but as its own, whereas, like, the others need to be Does mixed it? with more things and add, like, garlic survives. Garlic is the one. Honestly, any alumina I'm a fan of, so the garlic onion, great. Yeah. Doesn't garlic have some connoscence with like like sex, sexuality, reproduction? <laughs> Does for me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I swear there's something. Anything garlic. I saw garlic uh, popcorn in the store the other day. I bought it and I ate the whole bag and like. I'll make you garlic night. popcorn tonight. Yes. Here we go. Do it. We got the stuff. Do it. Surprisingly. <laughs> we have ingredients for something that we didn't plan on. <laughs> Slowly getting Futrell to really love, like, homemade popcorn. It's true. I mean, it's just, it's a laziness thing for me more than not liking it. It's just, it's easier to... <laughs> I don't really like microwave popcorn, I'll be honest. I'd rather have, like, yeah, a like bag a of... Pig, bag of popcorn. It's my worst thing, and it's indefensible that I like stale popcorn, but I do. I have no defense for it, except that I like it. I'm pretty sure you think it's because your siblings used to work at the movie theater. <laughs> they did. That's the only possible explanation. I, I don't even call it a defense because it's not. <laughs> it's an explanation. They used to bring home these, both of them worked at a movie theater and brought home the big garbage bags full of popcorn that used to sit in our kitchen for a long time because they were huge and they get stale and I would just eat it mm-hmm. and eat it and eat it and eat it and I liked it. I still like it. All right. So success, I think, on the soup. Yeah. 
only my second time making dumplings. Not bad. Well, second successful time. I did try one. These were the biggest left. dumplings I've ever had. So, and I liked it. I liked it than having smaller dumplings. Like, what are people doing? I mean, when you're having small dumplings. Dumpling. Maybe it's just yeah, time. Yeah. Expense. <laughs> Water's or cheaper just, than time. I don't know. Sure. Or just, you know, a soup. Sometimes they think, like, a little bit less is more. I don't know. But these are the biggest dumplings I've had. They were good. The garlic one. Put all the garlic ones in a soup and give it to me. So, we like to do some shoutouts. So, one of the things we talked about, I was recently talking with my sister, and in Milwaukee, the Black Lives Matter movement was recently doing um, some stuff with um, one of the food delivery services to kind of um, highlight Black-owned restaurants, which... So if this is shout out to that right now, feel free, like, use it, research it. Um, it's still COVID, um, so we encourage you, if you're able, to still try and support your local restaurants. A lot of those people went out of or are still going out of businesses right now. It's true, and if you're lazy like me, and, like, DoorDash is your life right now, and, keep, you know, it's what keeps you alive. Ton, tons of local restaurants are on there now, so find those. Please pick do local. Pick those. Like, don't get me wrong, we will do Jimmy John's, but when we... We do try and do some, like, locally owned stuff because mm-hmm. we believe in the mom and pop shop. Yeah, I deserve it. And it's usually very, very good. Deliciousness. Um, some libraries are starting to open back up again. Keep in touch with your libraries now, um, which is kind of cool. Um, some stayed open in various forms. None of them ever actually shut down that I know of because libraries fucking rock. I mean, even they when do. they were they closed, they, they still, like, kept Wi-Fi it's going true. for people it's to true. do Yeah, they're school. incredible. They're incredible. One of the truly free and amazing resources that we have if in, in this world. Of, of all things, like, please. You can get everything in a library. You can. They're not but just for books. No. You can use, use a computer, use research your yeah, jobs. Research, just There's often, like, weird stuff, do. like, you can, like, rent out other than books, too. Like, I know that, like, books, DVDs, movies, and stuff, and CDs, but you can... Like, there's always something else that you can get. Let's see. What's our contact info? Okay, so we're on Instagram. Uh, we should be book bunch brunch. I think on Twitter we are bunch brunch. We have a Gmail. <laughs> it's linked in our accounts. You can find our Gmail on there. It'll be just as <laughs> confusing of an alliteration as, as the one that came. <laughs> That's why we can't remember. I should find a way. I'm sure there's a way to put it on our hosting site here. Yeah. It should be on there. If you're if you're listening to this, you probably already have access to it. And next time we are reading Dodo, the rise and fall, the rise and fall of, of Dodo, D O D O, which is an acronym for the Department of Dia- Diachronic Diacronic. Operations. Yep, I'm, you got I want to say. So stick around. Um, hopefully, we'll record that soon. We're we're trying to get back into a pretty regular sync here now that the holidays are over and COVID's manageable manageable i mean our vaccine you're vaccinated i'm vaccinated so (laughs) soon you know yeah we'll get this going do this more on the reg hopefully you're here for the next time um apologies if you do reach out to us on social media we don't get back to you fast we're pretty bad it's it's because we don't like you no it's not it's not it's because we're lazy like already need to hire an intern and also i don't like social media i love you but i don't like social media YouTubers. Just like we're too crazy. All right. I'm Jenny Lynn. And I'm Katie Futrell. We are, are the, the Book Bunch, Bunch and we're doing brunch. brunch. Have a good day. We'll see you. Yeah. Take care.